to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs. Are you willing to step into your greatness? Are you ready to shine? Well, get ready, Truth Seeker. You're in for an amazing ride. And now, here's the host of the show, Christine Blasden. Welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, your motivational multimedia coach. And today, get ready and buckle up your seatbelts because today we're going to have an incredible conversation with my new BFF from um, 7,000 miles away, uh, Dale, <laughs> Dale Allen Rouse, who is an author, a business coach, a shamanic practitioner, a real estate guru. Basically, he's just an all-around amazing guy. Um, and he's absolutely perfect for Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs, because what we're trying to do is we're trying to create amazing business and help people in the world and with our services. But we're also trying to keep ourselves in check and make sure that those little thoughts in our heads are the best that they can be. So welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, my lovely, lovely guest, Dale Allen Rouse. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I've been such a fan of the show for a while. So it's really exciting for me to be here with you. Oh, my goodness. This is that's so nice. That is such a lovely way to be the starting the show because you've actually listened to the show. And so, you know, the you know, all, the the concept of what we're trying to do here as well. So right. thank you so much for, for of joining. Course. And what I'm seeing that you're doing that is really unique that I'm absolutely loving is that you're dialing into the intersection of business and spirit. And I feel like for too long, those two worlds, like you even did them in different places, right? And so that's why me as a, as a business coach, bringing those two worlds together where we're talking about a fully integrated human, like you, where are you in your headspace? Where are you with your words? Where are you in what you're calling into this world right and so i just i applaud you so much for being a trailblazer in that world in bringing more consciousness to our business lives well because that's the whole thing is that you you know you are especially if you're an entrepreneur or for your coach or consultant uh you are the brand it's you. People are not going to give you a lot of money, hand over money, um, if you're not really solid in who you are. And we are holistic beings, are we not? We, yes. we are a combination of our childhood experiences, of the, the, the parent, our parents that we you know, came into this world with, um, our community, our schooling, uh, our upbringing, uh, all our of that, our trauma <laughs> and our drama <laughs> and the people who have come into our lives and, you know, splattered all over it and the people that have, you know, made an impact on us. And we're just this beautiful combination of all of that. And I think it's really important for uh, people in business to bring that whole thing forward, because as you know, Dale, the um, relatability is really the key to, and, and it doesn't matter if you're doing real estate, if you're an accountant, if you're, uh, you know, a, a coach or consultant, it's that relatability that you need to have. And that's by having all those human experiences. So um, so it's just it's just so great to sit down and, and talk with you. Um, let's let's talk about that, because I like the story. I like to hear the story. I don't know why I have that weird, weird <laughs> accent, that little bit of an Irish accent. But um, let's hear a little bit of your story. So so first of all, you're fabulous. 
and you are living on a mountaintop somewhere right now. But but that wasn't the origin story. Where'd you come from? Where'd you originate from? So I actually grew up um, in a very, very tiny town outside of Vancouver, British Columbia called Port Coquitlam. And it was a tiny, tiny town back then. And my dad uh, was the Baptist minister for the local church and oh. my mom. <laughs> oh, yes. Stay tuned. Oh, we got a talk, Dale. <laughs> and my mom uh, was a... Um, you know, a home ec teacher and a substitute teacher. And so it was a very strict upbringing um, and fraught with all the usual, you know, homophobia and everything else that, you know, institutionalized bigotry comes along with when you're being raised as a queer person, you know, in a very heteronormative environment. Right? So I have all that in my background. And I basically ran away from home at the age of 16 to join a ballet company. And I was like, screw <laughs> you, I am out of here. You went <laughs> out big. I know for a fact <laughs> that there's guys over there wearing white tights and I'm signing up for that. So, <laughs> hey, hey, Jim, where'd you, where's your son? Where'd he go? <laughs> he ran off the ballet. <laughs> oh my gosh okay so you ran off to, to LA and where was this where in New York so, or LA yeah I was so like I said I grew up in Vancouver so one of the biggest ballet uh schools in Canada is called the Royal Winnipeg Ballet School and so that's where I went uh I got accepted into the school at age of 16 and I graduated their program in three years and then I was off and dancing with ballet companies all over the world and so I'm just going to fast track this because it's a really long story <laughs> <laughs> and so I was dancing all over the world and then I got a Broadway show and then I was a backup dancer for Celine Dion for a bunch of years. And I did like that whole, you know, big song and dance and whatever else and, and all that that came along with that. And then <clears throat> flash forward, I'm like 35 and I'm still jumping up and down for a living. And I'm like, oh, like my back, my knee is like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. And so while we were doing Celine's show in Vegas, I went and got my real estate license. And my first year, I made a quarter of a million bucks. Nobody else in the rest of in my class that I, like I went to school with, with real estate school was doing this. And then my next year, I made a half a million bucks. And my third year, I was third in the state for all Remax agents in the state as an individual salesperson, my third year in real estate. Three years you did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. You know, but it, it just, it called me out to, you know, what am I doing that's different than what other people are doing? And it all came down to one thing. I was doing energy work and they were doing real estate, right? Praise. <laughs> Amen, brother. Because I understood the energy behind what I was doing. I understood that with everything that I do, with everything that I say, with everything that I post on social media, that is a statement to the universe. Yes. Right. Yes. And so I was just getting into alignment with what the universe requires in order to make half a million dollars in a year in real estate and then allowing it to flow. I wasn't working any harder. I was just congruent with the vibration of somebody who makes half a million dollars a year. I <laughs> <Right? laughs> love your laugh. <laughs> wow. So. And that, that you, 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 you nailed it. Cause everything is energy, everything, not just the words that we speak or the, the, the words that we type out. Um, but the thoughts that we think, Oh, those thoughts that we think about ourselves, 
But also really as equally as important, this is what I'm finding too, is the thoughts that we have about the world. And this is really difficult because we're, uh, well, we're in this matrix, whatever you want to call it, this virtual reality um, that it shows us certain things and we can tend to think that the whole world is that way. The world is bad. Money, the money is the root of all evil or whatever those thoughts are that we have that we've, that have been imprinted on us. And what I've been playing with and I love is that the world, and I just posted something just recently on social medias, that the world sees you as you see the world. In other words, even if there's a bunch of caca going around you, if you can tap into that, that prime, that, that beautiful spirit that you have, that creative apple tree, <laughs> right? If you can tap into that and look at that world and put that little imprint in there, the universe, like you said, that energy will connect with it because the universe is always asking you, what do you want? What do you it want? Absolutely is. It, in fact, it's not asking you, it's open to what yeah. you put in the, as information into the matrix, if you will. And it's waiting for you. It's listening to you, right? It's waiting to be changed by the observer and you are the observer. <laughs> you know, you are master and commander of what's happening. And it's getting into the understanding and alignment with how those things actually work and understanding what perspective is in your life. I mean, because I, I came to all of this through the portal of business coaching, through the portal of trying to help my clients manifest more business in real estate. That's where it all started. So I'm so excited about where this world is going. If we're already having conversations on that level in the business realm, what does that mean for our future? Right. Because all of this and, and one of your one of your um, uh, past interviews was talking about, uh, I think it was the woman who was doing the astrology, how we are on the threshold of a new beginning. And I have felt that for a long time. Like I am very, very, very sensitive. And like I predicted COVID to the point where I told my husband, we are moving. We were living in Los Angeles and I was like, something's coming. I don't know what it is, but we're moving. We're moving to Palm Springs because we need to weather this thing out while um, there and not here in Los Angeles. And we moved, we sold our house. And on that inkling, on that inkling, we moved our entire lives and were able to weather COVID in beautiful Palm Springs with a paid off house, just totally kicking our heels up and thinking this is awesome. Why? Because I was congruent with what is. I wasn't trying to fight anything. Oh, Yes, 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 yes. Um, but you, yeah, you, you just, you tap, you're tapping into something that is really, really important. And I don't want to gloss over it is that we are on a precipice. We are the first time in human history too. We have the ability. I am talking to you literally 7,000 miles away while you're in California. I'm in Australia, Australia. And that, that idea that we can connect and that you also knew you listened to your inner Dale. Yeah. 
and you and you weren't going to sleep on it. And you weren't going to go, oh, that's I'm just imagining things or I'm being paranoid or anything like that. You said, no, I think we got to do this. And the beautiful thing is that you've paired up with the beautiful spirit, your husband, who didn't say, hey, no, um, we're staying in here. All of our friends are here. All of our community is here. You you have somebody that said, you know, um, you're right. Let's let's pack up the bags. And so um, kudos to your lovely husband for listening to you and getting you the heck out of Los Angeles. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yes, it was a you know, it was a big pivot as it was for everybody, as we have been so blessed for having, you know, this experience, like nothing happens by accident, right? And the blessings, right, of things that come into our lives, even our trauma, there is so much learning there. There is so much growth there, right? And it's what I always keep coming back to with like my clients to try and unearth the stuff because it's like, there's so much in there for all of us because we're being delivered so much if we're willing to get quiet and listen. And and you had said something too that's important is that even through the trauma and um, I know you have a similar mm, timeline back background that I have in many in many ways, and uh, I I just remember like we talked about this before we started recording too is that there were several moments in my life where I just said who are these people and like my family you know uh, <laughs> like I don't feel like I fit in. And it wasn't that it wasn't just because I was gay. It was because I literally felt like I was a different species. And yeah. and I said, like, what is this crazy world? When I was a kid, you know, seeing on television the, you know, the, the Vietnam War. And I remember when uh, once I saw a picture, it was Nixon on the on the TV and I was little, a little. And I and I said to my grandfather, I said, that's a bad man. And my grandfather was a hardcore Republican and he got out of his chair. I've never seen him move, but he got out of his chair. And he goes, that's our president. And he's a great man. It is. And I just, I was like, oh, oh, okay. And I saw the strife and I saw the civil, you know, I saw all of that stuff that was happening. And if um, my age, I, I, I was born after the assassinations, right? John F. Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, Martin, Malcolm. I mean, and I knew as a child, even as a baby coming into the world, that what we're told and what we're shown is not the truth. Hmm. Yeah, I <laughs> It's mean, not uh, necessarily the truth, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and I feel like you, as I um, am a sensitive soul. Right. And and to that. And I think that there's also uh, a correlation with a certain, you know, with queerness and sensitivity. And and it's why indigenous people and as a shamanic practitioner, I really lean into the teachings of the indigenous people who were on this earth, who can tell us what happened here right from eons ago. And when did we stop listening to them? You know, it's just shocking to me. And I, I feel like you do in that. I, and that's why I called my first book foreign to me, because I was brought to earth, 
right? Like take that as you will. <laughs> However, I arrived here, here I am. <laughs> right? yeah. So I arrived to earth and like you, I'm looking around at the war and the violence and the people taking sides and wondering like, what are they seeing? What are they thinking? Because I don't understand any of it. I don't get it. I don't understand how people think that they are decent humans when they're putting their hands on literature that's openly bigoted against your fellow human. You can't do that and think you're a good person, at least not in my life. There's absolutely no way. And I know that your generation, like we're of, like of the same generation, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen um, Rose, but like Billy Eichner in that film, he goes, talking about the younger generation, he was like, yeah, we got AIDS and they got glee. <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh and i feel that way and i think just as as people in their 50s like we now carry the mantle right it is our charge it is our time to step up and do something inspirational and and lead right while still learning from our elders while they're still here that is our purpose right now and i get so much like leaning into the wisdom wisdom of not a, not only you know the indigenous people and their elders and the way that they teach things because we've lost so much of it we don't even teach people self-honor self-honor in shamanism is everything and we've lost so much of that people you know aren't thinking about self-honor while they're you know taking you know pictures of whatever and putting it on on instagram right and not that i see that as bad i want to be really clear because selfishness right being self-centered and being centered in self are two sides of the same coin and so when you were talking about how we're all kind of individualizing like we used to you know uh, form more of a society we used to have a place to go to work we used to have this like world that is just fractured to a million pieces right now and so we're all learning how to gig our way through this thing right it's like one of your um former interviews, they were talking about how everybody has so many like jobs and gigs and side gigs and side gigs to that gig. You know what I mean? Like everybody's trying to figure it out and piece it together without having to go to like a typical work environment because like that mentality and everyone's like, nobody wants to work anymore. Well, that no, that's not it. We don't want to be a slave anymore. We're happy to work. We're happy to live in inspiration. We're happy to get up there and do our deal as is written on our soul. But yeah, I'm not changing, you know, cash for hours sorry like your your deal your drive your company is your deal that's not my responsibility to carry that through and unless you're offering me something of value that i can actually take home to my family like i'm not interested so realign yourself and this is the great awakening that i am so loving just kind of witnessing you know kind of happening because it is such a transformation uh, transformational change in the way that we do literally everything like from Zoom and business to, you know, our family lives. And it's, and it's going to change even more. Like I feel like it, it's, it's, it's changing even more. That's why I love working with my clients too. Cause I love taking someone who's a brilliant, who's an expert in whatever field they are in and getting them to expand their reach and to reach many more people through this beautiful medium of, you know, a video and a voice and of sound and uh, the, the, their intentions, uh, getting those intentions out into the world. Now is the time to do it. 
because right. now is the time. And you've, if you got this little thing in your hand, this is a film crew that, you know, you would have to back in the old days when we were, you know, working in the entertainment industry, you'd have to pay $150,000, dollars to get a film crew together. And you've got it in your pocket. You've got it in your hand, that cell phone. And so you can use it for many great purposes. You can also use it to lose yourself and to compare yourself to uh, with others. And that's writing that, that razor's edge, right? Yeah. That, that razor's edge. And if you use the tools that are given to you in this technological kind of sometimes crazy world, but if you use those tools to benefit not just yourself, but for others as well, the, the magic, the, the potential is just amazing. And so that's why I'm excited about, you know, about these times. And I love to, I love, cause I want to go, I want to go back because when you said in the very beginning, you said um, you were, uh, your father was a, was a Baptist, uh, was a Baptist preacher, minister. pastor, minister. I had flashbacks about my <laughs> because I had to I grew up in a really rough neighborhood in Los Angeles. And so my parents were smart. They 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 said, we're going to put you in a private school because you'll die in a public school. And I said, OK. Um, and so they put me into a private school. And the only private school that I could go to was a, a Baptist school. Sure. And so little sensitive Scorpio Christine was at a Baptist school. And I just remember like the things that were joyful, they would say were evil. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you just kind of, you got that little skip or that little bop, 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 you know, going to class. And I, I literally remember some, this, this hand came out of a classroom, grabbed me and, and scolded me and said, you're dancing and dancing is the work of the devil. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was so foreign to me. And in my whole little being being a little kid my jesus my god was a joyful we're talking not not southern baptist we're talking like baptist like gospel church like like going in and hearing the choir sing praise and dance that was my religion it wasn't this you know like angry god who was going to you know put you through um, eternity because you're gay or you're dancing down the hall now, as a as a young person growing up with that in your family, um, how did you navigate that? How did you separate that from you? Well, it, it wasn't easy. I mean, it was a real struggle because um, of the kind of heteronormative, the toxic heteronormative environment of most churches where queer expression is punished, right? Where joy is punished, where dancing is punished, right? And so you have to go to look at the source. And uh, I, as a kid, remember kind of disassociating myself yeah. with my world if you will and that's when I became really introverted uh, but it's also where I and and again like my trauma is one of my greatest assets right and it's there and it's where I want people to know that like my parents aren't bad people they are a product of their environment. They languaged and parroted everything that everyone else in that church was saying. They specifically were not terrible people. However, I suffered greatly. I experienced extreme trauma to, I mean, to the point I, I have, you know, PTSD and um, 
I have a neurological, um, you know, movement disorder called generalized dystonia. It's in the same family as Parkinson's and MS. And I, I, I correlate the two. I bring them all to because as a little person who was just terrified that there was no place for me as a queer individual, seeing nobody like me, nobody anywhere. And it was just, again, so foreign to me, this world that I was brought into. And how can this be right? Right. And so it forced me again. This is where I'm blessed. This is where I'm blessed. It forced me into a world of me. It forced me into living with myself. And so what happens there, spiritually speaking, is a big shift to looking at the world out there and seeing what's going on in the news and seeing what's going on in the world and seeing what's going on in others and saying, is that me? Is that something I want to be a part of? And it's in that disassociation where you get seated in self. And that is the game changer because you no longer thought you were, you're no longer identifying with things outside of yourself and you're checking in with you, how you feel about that. It also gives you the personal power to light yourself up and you understand that you have that ability on your own say so at any time, at any time to light your lights. That's not somebody else's job. That's your job. Right. And yeah, so it's getting into alignment with those things. And that's when I discovered dance. Right. And as a little kid, um, I started taking tap when I was 10 years old. Yeah. It was of the devil. I didn't care because <laughs> like, as gay as I am, I am also as obstinate <laughs> and talented. <laughs> and you so, were a great tap dancer. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, I would get um, I got my uh, dad to cut me a little piece of wood. It was probably two feet by two feet. And I put that down on the carpet and that's where I practiced my tap. And that was my moment of joy. And I thought to myself every single day that I was alive, I was going to give myself a moment of joy that that wasn't going to be the responsibility of anybody else. And again, it took me a long time to get to the point where I can understand and associate with the value of that I found in the most traumatic years of my life. Right. But it was there and getting like that lesson, like going and, you know, splunking into my mind and unearthing that trauma, right, to understand the gifts that were being brought to me at that time. So, yeah, growing up wasn't awesome for me. And yeah, I kind of like ran away. I literally left home at 16. And I finished high school somewhere else where my parents weren't. I, 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 I ran. I, I really did. Because I just saw a life that they were proposing for me that didn't represent me in any way. Right. And that, I mean, my relationship with my parents continued to be terrible. I mean, bad. Uh, you know, I was everything blamed for my father's death for being gay to, you know, on and on. All, the whole bit, the whole, all of it. I, I, no, I was, bless them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, but what else can you do? And again, it was in that disassociation with my family, with the environment that I was brought into, with the world that I was able to find myself because nothing else made sense. And so I had to build a world for myself, right, yeah. that I could live in, quite frankly. I love that. I, I love that. And you're and you're faced with a. Um, there is that choice. There is that moment. And, you know, as someone who also has, you know, the childhood trauma issues um, that affected me, 
it was that moment of wow uh, uh, it's 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 not a it's not divorcing your family but it is separating from that and saying that um what is done to to me is not of me right. and in other words like i i was able even to at one point like as a, as a young child like to go wow uh, that beating is really an overreaction an overreach for not for forgetting to take out the trash <laughs> you know like just like what what drug are you on that uh, that that is an appropriate response right and yeah. and having that analyzation but also and that taught me empathic feels because at that moment in time whenever anything like that happened or a bully at school or whatever it was that moment at time where I know that as a child, I would say, I said, I put this in my filing cabinet. I will never make another person feel the way that I feel at this moment. I will never treat another human being or speak those kind of words to another human being to have them feel this way. Now, it can be the flip side. And there are kids that have been bullied or they've had early trauma. I mean, narcissist we can talk about narcissistic personality disorder uh a lot of times when those things happen then they continue that and then they put that out into the world and that's also that choice model as well where if they've been bullied or they've been hurt what is the saying hurt people hurt people right and um can you talk about that in your perspective yeah, and I take a bit of a different approach from a lot of people on this. Again, my the core belief for me will always be that for my trauma, I am blessed. And I look at people that I had very abusive relationships with as angels in my life. Why? Because they took me to the depths of myself. They took me to the depths of my soul and had me visit what's there. They had me experience what it means to be resilient, to like have a PhD in form. Like they took me there. They had the, like, I, I you know, in one of my books, um, in, in Foreign to Me, the main character, Jack Daw, who, um, He's brought to meet himself, a twin version of himself, a twin version of himself who didn't experience all that trauma, who didn't experience all that beating, who didn't experience all of that awful stuff. And guess what? He was uninteresting. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So I look at our abusers as yes. angels Absolutely. because they brought things into our life because I don't care what your trauma is. There's learning there. If you will not shy away from it, if you will walk down into the trenches and stand there and look at it and excavate it and know it to its greatest depths, like there is so much learning there and like writing for me, because I started actually writing for to me as my trauma journal. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And so 
that's actually why I started writing is because it was COVID and I was just like at home for hours. And I'm like, I know I have a book. I've always thought this. I've always thought I should write a book. So like I have the time now, I'm just going to do it. And so I sat down and I started writing books. And once I started, I could not stop. Mm -hmm. And it was like uncapping a fountain. And it was like all of this stuff that I had to revisit just kept coming up. And like, by the time I was done sorting with it, it no longer held the electricity or the energy of trauma. It was just something that happened, but it took me looking at it that much and analyzing and telling people about it, you know, repeatedly over and over in order for it to lose that density. The signature of PTSD, the key signature, and this is um, an important thing to be mindful of, is the inability to respond properly to certain stimuli, right? Because PTSD trauma, big T trauma, does not fade into the distance and background like a memory. You're always living it and experiencing it in the present, right? So when people with, you know, PTSD get triggered and we use that and we throw that word around so much now, I was triggered. Well, no, you're not. You're having an emotional response. True triggering through PTSD is very different and it can have a, a way out of proportion reaction to something that most people would not think was a big deal or a big reaction to certain noises, you know, and, and things like that. That's true PTSD. And I've seen a lot of like memes and stuff like this on social media of people like, you know, your stuff is your stuff. Keep it to yourself and whatever else. And your responsibility to heal yourself. And while that is true, that is very true. We also need to keep and hold a space for people who truly are living with traumatized memories, right? Because they're not memories. Again, it's happening in the present. So, you know, often when I get triggered from true PT, like when I get, like I can become truly terrified in like half a second and I can't control it, you know, like the, that kind of trauma, you know? And so it's just, for me, it was part of my process in writing all of these books and unearthing it and finding the blessings again in the trauma. And that is something that is, again, it was, a, and that was a byproduct of us being locked down, you know, from, from something yeah. that could be looked at as a, as, you know, as a negative as well. Um, but it's, it is so much in how you, how you look at things and how you process. You're absolutely right. My wish because I see this, I see this with, um, you know, with, with, with my teenagers, with teenagers in, in, in general, with people, with adults as well, is a, it's a mental prison when you are in your head constantly and reliving not just, I mean, not the big, not just the big traumas, right? But the little traumas, or thinking about what, what, what will they think of me, and 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 all these things. It's like our, our minds are so busy. And again, uh, you know, an amazing tool, the phone is is brilliant in all those great things for communication, but it also can be almost like a like a what do they call them? Uh, those things that like siphon usually like, like a, a blood sucking, you know, parasite um, because it, it keeps, especially young people, they don't have that. They, they may not have had that time to be with themselves yet. So they're in this depressive anxiety filled world. And my wish for the world is that people could have a bit of a break from that. 
right. bit of a break from all of the anxiety and the depression. And when you look at something, you know, instead of looking at every the, the outside world as a scary, dark place, just to have that peace, just to have that moment of peace. That's my wish. That's my true wish, because it's what's going on in here. Right. That is so uh, powerful in people's lives for the for, for you know positive ways and also in self-destructive ways as well. So we can fix that really easily because what you're talking about is being good. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> what you're talking about is being stuck in circular thinking, right? In, in thoughts that go round and round and round and round, right? The trick is to spiritually evolve out of thinking and into being. Once we arrive to being your shoulders drop, right? And again, like my entire YouTube channel, Spiritual Disco, is exactly designed to deal with just this, to get out of thinking and to get into being, to being in your environment. Because once you get there, once you um, develop that that practice, and that's what my spiritual practice really is, right? It's it's uh, because we live in a very dense world, right? And you're always going to have things coming up that's going to drag you back from your heart consciousness into your ego where the chatter is happening, which is what you're describing, yes. right? But to get out of ego and into the heart is very, very, very simple. And let me give you just a few quick tips. The first thing I do when I get into circular thinking and I've just had a bad day and my ego is just running rampant, right? The first thing I do, what I connect to is childhood wonder. And I go and I'll walk around our five acres and I will try to connect to something that brings me back into childhood wonder. I can't even say it without starting to smile, right? And when I start thinking about fireflies at night and I start thinking about the joy of magic that I first experienced like you before that person came along and told you to stop dancing right it's connecting to that magic where you were first experiencing it imagine if it was never squashed within us but it's going back there and reconnecting right rewiring and reprogramming us back into childhood wonder and once you find that space, once you can train yourself to just look at something with the eyes of childhood wonder and keep doing it until you smile and you light yourself up, circular thinking starts to cease. But then there's more. Once you start to light yourself up and start to like find that you're smiling, just thinking about fireflies at night. Like once you get to that headspace and you start to light yourself up and you're like, oh my gosh, like I can do this for myself. I can light my own lights. And so then you start to smile and warm and you like from the inside, you're actually starting to warm yourself. Now, this is all key energy work. So when I say I'm an energy worker, this is what I'm doing. I'm practicing on myself in terms of what I can do, right? To get out of the circular thinking and find portals, right? Various ways to get us to where we wanna go. In my videos, I do an entire series on how to get out of the ego and really, truly drop into your heart consciousness. We all say we want to do it. And it's really easy to do if you know the steps, right? To begin to warm yourself with childhood wonder and then chase it to trust. Because trust and fear can't exist energetically at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So you get out of fear and you move yourself over to trust and just open yourself up, right? And say, you know what? I don't have all the answers, right? 
And, but I'm going to trust anyhow. I'm going to trust that the intelligence of the universe that brought me to this moment will see me through, you know, and whatever that is, whatever that is for you, right? That you can trust in that and their plan for your life. Again, it's, you can't be in fear and in trust at the same time. So through the portal of childhood wonder, work your way towards trust, and then from trust, you go to joy. And then from joy, you go to love. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have a few hours to spend here talking us through how to get into our heart consciousness, but it is available on my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> we will make sure that we have the link to your YouTube channel, Spiritual Disco, which I love. I love that. That's also the name of a, of a book I can see. Coming. Oh, yeah. Spiritual uh -huh. Disco. Um, hello. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, in, in one in one show, we're not going to solve the world's problems and change it dramatically. But I think with um, the folks that are you know listening to the podcast or the radio show or watching the YouTube uh, video, um, th just listening to what you were saying, I think that they can connect to that and that just the hope of that makes me feel really good so that they can connect to that for that moment. Because we do, we, we do so many times we, we can catch ourselves just living in our heads and having that trust in the universe. And I always said this, you know, don't just trust the outside world or the universe because some people it's, it's not something that they can tangibly hold on to. You know, it's like the unicorn, it's like oh, the universe. What is that? Trust yourself that yeah. you you made the decision you did sign up to come back <laughs> it's not a prison sentence you know you trust yourself that you came into this world and whenever i go out even if i go out to the if i go out to the grocery store or um if i've got to do something perhaps that i'm not that crazy about but it's something that has to be done when i go out into the outside world my wish when i go outside is let those that i'm supposed to interact with that I'm supposed to meet that that are supposed to happen that are for the benefit of all let that happen and let it be a complete mystery for me and, and an exciting like a game like a video game let it be that yeah. and instead of coming out and going you know I have to I just did my taxes just recently and I was telling a friend and and she says oh she goes I hate it when I have to do taxes and I said I don't say that anymore because I have to do taxes has an energy that is really sucky. Um, what I say is I get to do taxes. And that means I made enough money that I get to. <laughs> <laughs> that I get to right. But so, getting congruent with your words was exactly what you're saying is a huge part of what I deal with in my coaching clients, because they're saying all this stuff that is counter to where they're saying they want to go. <laughs> and our words are extremely powerful. And what we uh, what we what we write out, of course, but what we speak and what we think is extremely powerful. That's why they call it spelling. You're casting a spell. And I try and do this with uh, with people in my life. I'll say, did you I, I'll, I'll stop them. Did you just hear what you just said to yourself? You just said you were stupid. I'm so stupid or I'm I'm fat or I'm uh, I'm old. I'm like, what are you doing? You're casting a spell. And in, in, in your, not just in your thoughts, but you actually verbalized it. 
And right. you know, studying shamanism, how powerful our voice is and the words that we speak. Right. Th- 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 tell the people. Tell the people. <laughs> so you know, you're right because your your words are like an incantation, and that is core shamanism is looking at the energy work at its barest barest bones. And in fact, when you go to my YouTube channel, the first video that starts playing is why people get stuck. People don't move forward because they're saying that they want to do one thing. The example that I use on that video is that people will say, oh, I'm so lonely. Why doesn't anyone ever, you know, check in on me or care? And then five minutes later, the phone rings. You're like, what are you doing calling me? Like, it's so, (laughs) you know, it's not in alignment with what you're saying you want, And so it's catching ourselves and making sure that with all my coaching clients, I have a really clear North Star. What is your North Star? What are you living in service to? Where are you going? Claim it, name it, and let's go. You know, and then they start, you know, like finding ways in their life that they're standing in their own way. Again, it's harnessing the power of the universe and working in conjunction with it and not against it. What sign are you? Taurus. My husband and I were born on the same day. Is that not weird? <laughs> oh, my wife's a Taurus. I love the bulls. Yeah. You guys are just. <sighs> <laughs> we're intense. <laughs> of this earth. <laughs> <laughs> She's the, my, my wife is like the Taurus bull, uh, the physical, you know, of the earth, the soil yeah. kind of, kind of thing. Likes to go to the gym and hey, do the F- F45 or whatever. And I'm like more of the esoteric kind of Buddha, you know, <laughs> Buddha in body and in mind. Like mm, I'll think my way through it, and I'll and I'll I'll pray upon it. That's the better body. Let's watch yeah. me. She's like, no, you gotta go out there and you know hit the weights. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> no, um, yeah. Oh, I love Taurus. I love yes, 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 yes. And your husband's a Taurus as well. Yeah, we were born in both two bulls in this two bulls yeah. in a china shop. Well, it's weird because like we're very different personalities, but like in terms of our daily rhythm, like we're totally in sync. Like, so there's some ways that we're super, super similar in other ways that we're very different. And that's, I'm wondering now what, now what's your, um, what is it? The, your water sign. Uh, your son's, oh, Aries. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was an Aries. <laughs> my grandmother's with me a lot. My oh, grandma, God. my grandmother was my, she was my rock. Yeah, she was my rock. Had a little difficulty with the sauce, but my grandmother, but my grandmother was my rock, and she is with me. She's passed, you know, this physical plane. This she checked out a little while ago, but she is with me so much. Absolutely. Well, we do a lot of that in shamanism. Um, you know, like shamanism is such a big tent, right? Like it's like, what is shamanism? It's like, what is food? You know, like it's just there's right. a lot. To, like there's a lot to it. It's anything with energy work, essentially. It's it's dealing with the unseen, right? And um we do a lot of, you know, talking and communicating with the dead. We do everything from, you know, like that uh, original psychopomp work where you're actually helping to transfer souls into the beyond to speaking and communicating with them, you know, and all of that. And I just always like to throw out all the different, you know, various areas of study within shamanism that you can kind of, you know, get your doctorate in if you want, like these things are available. And I feel like there's not enough people talking about other ways and other spiritual practices uh, beyond what we're just normally introduced to in our regular Western world. Mm, well, you came to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> you came to the right place because those, those connections, that love, 
that love you know that love that my my mom had for, has 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 for me uh, my mom is also since recently passed um the love that my grandmother has and the love of my father who was a troubled soul who was placed in my life as well to show me to bring christine back to christine that love doesn't die that love doesn't it's not like oh they passed away and you know in the, uh, in the middle of the night with you know whatever it, no that doesn't die if, if anything i think it gets stronger because we're not tied to all the physical stuff that you know all the all the stuff that 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 keeps us tied to this earth but it um that it, we tend to think that um that person is gone and right. that that soul that energy that connection is gone um and that's not true that's no, not true I mean, in, in shamanism everything is like everything yeah. is they are there we are here everything is like right you know within your reach and we don't have necessarily you know like entities or whatever that like some people develop their own and that's great but you know we don't have like the same you know set of rules and principles like everybody kind of gets to you know develop their own sensitivities if you will to discover what's there and in for me discovering what's there in this giant cosmic soup right I don't see people who have passed behind the veil as being gone. They're still very accessible to me. I talk to you know people like that all the time. And the information, you're right, does get stronger because, not because they're getting stronger, but because you are. Because you're realizing that there's communications that are happening that just happen. And we don't necessarily have to understand, you know, uh, how it all works in order to dial in and tap into it. I've had some experiences that will blow your mind that do not make sense on this realm that do not make sense to how we're told you know everything works and when you start unpeeling the, the layers and going deeper um and it and if it's shamanism if it's whatever practice that you that you have when you start it it, it boils down to that thing of and I don't want to I don't want to blow up too many people's minds. I want them still to stay tuned to the show and to and come back. But um, that idea that that you are you are God or you are a part of God. You are and a that's, piece of God for sure. You, there is no ego in that. Right. There is right. no ego in that. But when you also realize that all of these religions and dogmas and uh, and and structures uh socioeconomic structures but let's let's call it the way it is religion has been placed in people's lives for centuries for eons to control you and that beautiful creative machine that you are yeah. um that that has been there to 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 control people and to Absolutely. keep them from asking those questions and, and it, it doesn't matter if it's it doesn't matter uh, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of religion it is, the formal religions, it is, it is, it has been used. Let's, you know, don't want to call out a, a particular religion, religion, but the Catholic Church, come on now, for centuries, the things that have been done in the name of the Catholic Church and in the name of Jesus and God. What? Well 
we're getting away from what is quote unquote right versus what is loving. That is two different ways to adjudicate the world. And we have to, the ego says what is right. Well, what is right is an ego call. That is a judgment call because what is right to you might not be right to me. It's whoever wrote the book, right? It's whoever wrote it. (laughs) Exactly. That's why we can't get along is because what is right or wrong is a judgment call. And so we need to move away from that and start asking ourselves, but is that loving? Loving. And the Catholic Church is not loving. The Catholic Church does not recognize my marriage in 2022. And I have no time. I mean, none, none. I am all out of nice on the topic, okay? So there there can no longer be a world that we exist where that is that level of like bigotry, you know, in our institutions. It can't exist anymore. Like I know that people are done and I have read like – you know, some books where I have been really, really, really pleased that people are getting done. And I'm not even mad. I'm just done, right? You can't continue to drag people for just being born. Like, I'm sorry, I exist, but what do you want from me? Like, I'm here. I'm just going to make the best of it. (laughs) Well, you know, here in Australia, they, um, uh, we had same-sex marriage in in America a lot longer than than here in Australia but what I remember when it came up here and um and I, and my wife and I well my wife now uh my f- fiance I guess then we were so nervous because it was out of our control our whole future was in the hands of um of people voting right it was like a postal vote but you know who the biggest uh opponents were and they spent all this money uh, was the Catholic Church and they put out ads with with like two men and like a little child and there was like a belt and they were like children will be abused you know um, children this this is the worst thing to happen to families because children will be abused and I'm looking and I'm going the Catholic Church all of a sudden cares about little boys are you serious Well, again, like if these faith communities, let me give the example of the Mormon church that didn't even like allow black people to join their ranks until the seventies. This is something that happened within our lifetime. Okay. That the Mormon church actually started allowing black people into their churches. Again, these institutions are not run by love. They're not doing what's, what's loving. They're doing what's quote unquote, right, right. According to their Bible, the Bible that calls men who sleep with men as an abomination. So you're right. These institutions were originally designed to kind of control the masses and we needed it at that time. Do we need it now? I'm not saying don't, you know, go and have you whatever religious uh, practice that you want. I'm saying for me, my family has a zero tolerance policy on institutionalized bigotry. And you bring that nonsense into my world and you will hear from me because again, we need to be a little more done. We have tolerated this kind of nonsense for far too long and it cannot continue. It can't, you can't, I mean, you wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, join some baseball club that in their bylaws said that gay people are an abomination yet. You can go to a church and participate in that. Oh, absolutely. You can go to a church and, and, uh, and hear horribly hurtful things, um, about transgender people. Like, like, I mean, and again, that's not Christ-like at all. That is that is that is a hateful, hurtful type of religion. And not too long ago, you know, I, I let's look, look at the deep south. There are plenty. There were plenty of white 
um, m- you know, men who would go to church on Sunday and then Monday night put on a white sheet and go after black people that, you know, were just trying to live their lives. And it was all done under religion. It was all done with a wink and a nod from, you know, the local minister. It was all done with that. And so, yeah. So, so religion, Christine and Dale are (laughs) done with the hurtful, hateful. Now, if you, again, if you, and that's what I miss about Los Angeles, because in Australia, we don't have gospel churches. We don't have, (laughs) we don't have a choir where you walk in and there's this, there's this, joy and and the spirit of right. love and soul i miss that i yeah. really miss that um it's I, if you've ever have you been to new york oh plenty i used to work there yeah okay um amateur night at the apollo uh-huh yeah if you go back there or if you haven't and people if you're listening to this right now if you ever go to new york uh new york city go to it's a the theater it's a historic theater Uh, the Apollo theater. And if you go on amateur night, which I think is like a Wednesday or something, amateur night at the Apollo is church to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is we all get to define that for ourselves. And you do not get to say that your church is more important than my shamanistic church, like your comedy church. Like you can do your deal however you want, but you don't get to say that it's more important than my gig. Or that your gig should be killed. (laughs) And there's that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i could talk to you forever um i feel like we are family reunited so i'm so happy that i stumbled across you and i will um support you in any way possible you're welcome to come back on out of the box with christine my beautiful guest dale allen rouse um we're going to make sure too that we have links to all of your stuff we'll have a link to your website which is smart it's your name daleallenrouse.com i will put those i will put all those links in the show notes so they don't even have to do any little searching all they have to do is just click on the links for the for the books for the youtube channel for your website all of that and if you are ever uh dale if you're ever in australia if you ever want to come down under yeah we're going drinking okay you got it (laughs) we're going to sydney baby Thank you so very much. And I want to thank you wonderful listeners um, on all of the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify. Thank you for your reviews. They're coming in. Um, I don't know what happened, but something happened. Um, we just got notification too that we, uh, the show is in the top two percentage ranking thingy, meaning this meaning that people are listening and that's a really good thing. So share this, um, share the show in whatever capacity you can. If you're watching on YouTube, great. Share the video. If you haven't um, come across the video yet and you want to see how beautiful and handsome Dale is, check out the YouTube channel. There'll be links in the show notes. And of course, Thank you, as always, for your beautiful, beautiful support of this program, Out of the Box with Christine. If you want more information about the podcast, you can go to outofthebox.withchristine.com. And if you want more information about me and my coaching programs, you can go to christineblasdale.com. All those links will be in the show notes. And until next time, as I always say, remember to think outside that damn box and go visit Dale's website, too, and go check out what he's doing. All right. Thank you so much, and um, and we'll see you next time.